0: This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians, with your hosts, Senior Financial Advisors Rob McClelland and Mike Connan of the McClelland Financial Group of Asante Capital Management. This week on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing it's time to travel again. Mike, we've talked about traveling on numerous podcasts, but we, you know, we have a lot of clients that are, uh, our average client age is 60, which is the perfect age to be, you know, uh, the kids may have moved out of the house or at least become independent. You've got more free time. You're not having to maybe work as hard at work if you're still working or you're actually retired. It's time to whether get on a plane or a train and go somewhere.
1: It was funny this um where we came up with the idea from this podcast was we were on a trip out in uh, Portugal and we went to go and we found some interesting things. You always think that money is the same everywhere. And we went to go use an ATM in Portugal. And when we did did that, we found number 1 the fees were exorbitant for for using it and number 2 the exchange rate was nothing even close to the exchange rate that you get in Canada. So typically,
0: I, you know, before I used to, you know, whether it was traveler's checks or things like that, eventually I got smart and just wouldn't really, I'd have a little bit of money, maybe a couple hundred dollars or euros or US dollars. And then I started saying, oh, you know what? The ATMs work so well, I'll just take the money out over the ATM. So that's what and I knew there were fees, you know, my bank at home would charge me three to five dollars, and the, the institution I was taking the money out of would charge me three to five dollars. So I'd always take a larger amount out so I didn't have to keep going back. But what happened in Portugal was a completely different experience. And and the first time I took money out, so we were on a team trip, and I had to take, you know, a reasonable amount of money out. And I didn't really pay attention because I assumed it was gonna cost me. to take that money out. What was the rate that they were charging? It was, was it almost a 20... 17%. So right off the top, so if you're taking out 1,000 euros, they're taking 170 euros in fees to give you the 830 euros. Or you still get the 1,000 and now you're paying 11,700 to get 1,000.
1: Yeah, And it was funny because I mentioned this to a client and he sent me a whole article on how Portugal is one of the key countries in uh, ripping people off in their ATM machines because banks aren't readily available. So I guess we start off with the number one tip uh, if we look at it is if you're going to have to use ATMs because, I mean, we wouldn't suggest carrying pounds of cash on you, right? Definitely I, I not. Mean, uh, traveler checks, I think, don't even exist anymore. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would even know what they are. Uh, remember the American Express traveler's checks you used yes. to take with you? Uh, those, those have been around a long while. But if you go to take money out of a out uh, in a foreign country, the major banks are your best bet because they're not going to rip you off. If you go anywhere else, you're going to pay an exorbitant price.
0: So if you find one on a street corner or in a store... Expect to pay a really high fee to get access to your money.
1: And remember, if you go into a resort town, there won't be any banks, right? So if you're in a major city, you can go hit one of the major banks. But if you move to one of the resort towns, stock up on money before you go there because once you get out there, there'll be no major banks. We get so, you know, we're so spoiled in Canada. We can find a RBC or CIBC in the corner of any rural town anywhere in Canada. When you go over in Europe, that's not the case. If you go outside the main cities, you're not going to find major banks. The other
0: lesson I learned is that we do a lot of our spending with American Express. American Express is very welcomed in the U.S., pretty much welcomed in Canada. But once you get outside of North America, no one really likes the American Express card. So you need to have a visa, you probably need to have a MasterCard. You you want choice, because the last thing you want is to run into trouble getting to cash, because why do you need cash, Mike?
1: Well, when you go to some of the towns in different countries, they don't accept any credit cards. A lot of them run just cash businesses. You know, we were joking about it. You hear all these countries in Europe are in tremendous amounts of financial problems because they get no tax revenue, because it appears that every company just runs on a cash business. We essentially pay no taxes back to the government. We've heard this about Greece. We've heard this about, you know, Portugal. All these different pro- countries have been in trouble because they don't have enough revenue to cover their social benefits. And much of it is because they really have no system to collect taxes.
0: I understand the travel... and industry has had a really rough go for two years. So they're looking at all avenues to recover. And one of the ways they've figured out is just don't accept credit. Just ask for cash. That way you're not having to report it to the government. You're not having to pay the credit card fees. You're that much further ahead. And so they can start to pay off some of the debt they may have incurred getting through the pandemic, assuming they survived.
1: And I believe the problem is Amex charges the retailer twice as much as the other credit cards. So they're more expensive for the retailers to use. So a lot of retailers have just shied away from them.
0: Next, let's talk about rental cars. So we had an interesting experience in in Portugal. And so we both had to rent a car each. So I rented the car, got the car I wanted. It was great. It was an SUV. And I'm driving out of the parking lot and don't i smash into this guardrail on the final turn out of the parking lot and i thought how did i miss that how did i not see it and i was angry with myself and i checked the car there was there was nothing major it was sort of some minor scrapes on it and i thought and most of it was below so i thought i might not i might get away with it and I know I shouldn't get, try and get away with it. But really, there was no dent in the car. There was no paint, you know, whatever. So I just didn't want them to notice that. So You had a completely different experience. So, so, so tell I us pi- about that.
1: I pick up the car. And as usual, they say there's a bit of damage on the car. And they say, can you just, uh, here is a piece on the door, initial and take a picture of it. And when I went out, the bit of damage, the whole door was almost missing on the, on the van. So I go out and the whole door is caved in. So I take a picture of it and that's what they told me. So I drive out and as I'm driving out the exact same place where <laughs> you hit that, that guardrail, it goes and scrapes the side of the van that I'm on. And to be honest, the whole side of the van was caved in beforehand, but it goes in and I, I didn't pay much attention because I heard it and I figured, oh, well, the whole side is caved in anyway. So we go and we bring our cars back And of course, Rob, you you got away okay.
0: I got away fine. They said my car was good. I left the property.
1: Myself, as I go in, I say there's a scratch behind the whole door that was caved in. (laughs) So, So I went through and I started to try to argue with the guy. But of course, we have a bit of a language barrier. And the manager has a language barrier and our flight's leaving. So... In my decision at the time, I figured, okay, I don't want to miss a flight over arguing over this because it was a bit silly, and I know I booked it on my, well, we talked about Amex before. I put on my Amex card, and we have a a high-end Amex card, so I figured, well, we pay for insurance. It's all taken care of, so I'm not going to argue. I'll just figure it out with American Express when I got home.
0: What I found interesting is they knew exactly how much to charge you for the scrape. How much was that?
1: I think it was 1,200 euros.
0: 1,200 euros. For a scrape. They're pretty good. You know, They're, they work and the, the, they knew exactly what to charge you based on that little scrape. Yeah. I find that interesting. I also find it interesting that at that very place, we both hit the same guardrail. It's almost like the guardrail was sticking out on purpose. C-
1: coming out of the rental car place. I well,
0: it just <laughs> felt a little bit like that. I have to be honest. Yeah.
1: The, the other thing is, so it's interesting. When I get back, I call to Amex to go and make, uh, say, can you cover this? And, of course, they say, no problem, and they go and look at what I rented. And they said, and what did we rent? We rented minivans. When I got there for the minivan, they said they didn't have a minivan. The only thing they had left was a nine-seater. So I said, that's fine. So American Express, number one, American Express does not handle They don't pay you. They have a separate insurance company that you deal with that has no affiliation with American Express, And once you go to them, they say, well, we don't cover any uh, trucks or vans. So you don't get trouble if you're buying a uh, pickup truck that you rent or you have any type of van. It's not covered under your credit card insurance. So they refuse to pay. And I told them it's not what I rented. It's what they gave me. I said when I paid for it on the card, that's not what I paid for. I paid for just a minivan, which is covered. And they gave me another card. So right now it's in a whole dispute with them. But probably going to get nothing for it so it's a a, an expensive little lesson learned
0: let's talk about flights and hotels i've done a, a reasonable amount of traveling and and here's some of the things that i've learned i do all of my research using expedia i find it very helpful for finding out the the hotels, the flights, etc. And I'm pretty loyal in terms of which types of hotels. I'll typically stay at a few brands. I'm loyal with car rentals. I always go to Avis. I'm pretty loyal with flights, I go to Air Canada. But I've learned to do a few things. Number one, I, I do my research on Expedia, but I never book any flights or hotels in Expedia. And the reason is I just I find trying to cancel anything or change anything is far too much work. And you know, if Expedia, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry to be, you know, saying bad things about your company, but that's my experience and and it hasn't deviated. So, I do the research on Expedia, but I actually call the hotel directly and I typically get the exact same price, but I get a much better cancellation policy.
1: That's the big change too. Is it used to be cheap to use Expedia. I find it's no cheaper, and once you actually call the hotel, and we get the ho- call the hotel too, they will give you upgrades on rooms. They'll do a lot of stuff for you. When it's through Expedia, expect you get the worst hotel room in the entire building. You know, I always joke whenever I get Expedia, I always get the handicap, I have rails on my showers on the first floor. But but that's what the hotel gives you with Expedia because they get paid less from the Expedia than they do out of their paying customer, so they're going to give them a preferential treatment.
0: I'm also a fan of points cards, and one of the other disadvantages of using a company like Expedia or Booking.com, whatever it is, Hotels.com, is you don't get the points. So if you're staying at a Marriott hotel or something like that, and I know they've all got new names now and new point programs, but if you book directly with the hotel, if you book directly with the airline, no problem in getting your points, and those tend to pay off for you. If you book through a, a third party, you don't get the points. So that another little thing, but something to consider.
1: So hotels, Rob, tell us how star ratings work in different countries. And is a five-star in uh, New York City the same as a five-star down in uh, South America? Not at all. Not at all.
0: And so, you know, depending on budget, so this is always budget dependent, but be picky and try. What you're trying to find is you're trying to find a value hotel. You're trying to find a four or five star hotel at a value price. Just like we buy, you know, a dimensional buys companies, they buying value companies does better than buying growth companies. Now, if you want to stay in the fanciest hotel with the the, the best star rating, you expect to pay that price. And the price literally can go from, you know, $500 a night to to $2,500 a night on some of those five star. Like it takes a dramatic jump if you go up a star.
1: So what do you find as your best value? Is it Marriott? Is it Fairmount? Is it Four Seasons? What's your...
0: Uh, we're, you know, that's always changing. You know, t- today sometimes we're traveling as a, as a big group. Our family's growing. And so sometimes we need the Airbnb. So, so that tends to offer the best value out there. I like four star. Five star is just sort of that next thing where you're going to pay a lot more. So four, four and a half star. I find when I go to three star or less, it's hit and miss. That's just me. Everyone, everyone's got different, you know, different travel budgets, etc. But, but pay attention and look at some of the research. The other thing to do is it's always helpful to just scroll through the most recent ten or fifteen reviews, or comments. You may find out that there's construction going on and someone was just there a week ago. You probably don't want to book that hotel. So don't necessarily rely on the rating. Look at the comments as well. Those things can only help you. And that that's whether you're booking a flight, you're staying in a hotel, all of those things.
1: They do, because hotel photographers are masters of photography. They always look great in the pictures. When you actually go and see them, many times they don't line up with the uh, brochures that you see online.
0: Well, that is true. Interestingly enough, Airbnb, I find it can be the opposite. We stayed at an Airbnb last August, and I was expecting it to be mediocre based on the pictures. We walked in and it was literally a five star Airbnb. And the pictures, whoever had taken those pictures, had not done a very good job showing off their property. The last thing is how do you keep track of all this? You know, you're getting, you're booking it online, you get these confirmations, emails are coming back and forth. You can, number one, what Ingrid and I typically do is we create uh, a new folder in our, wherever we're saving it, whether it's in Gmail or whether it's in Yahoo, we create a new folder. We put where we're going in the year. So, we, you know, if we're going to Portugal, it'll be Portugal 2022. And then we typically save all the documents in there just in case we need them. We also use a travel app called TripIt, and I've mentioned this before, great app, premium service is worth the extra price, it might cost you $50 a year for the app, and literally all you do is you, just like I created the folder, I create a trip. So I create a trip, I go in, you hit the plus sign, create a trip, we're going to Portugal 2022, and then anytime I get an email, I just send it to plans at tripit.com, and it finds its way into the that trip, and literally, I have our whole schedule for that trip. Where's the car rental? What time's the pickup? Where's the pickup? Which hotel? When's the flight? And with the flights, if things go wrong with the flights, which a lot of them do today, you get notified far be- before by the TripIt app as opposed to the airline. There's, there's this huge time difference. TripIt knows about it before the airline tells you about
1: it. even tells you gate changes, I believe, doesn't it?
0: They tell you gate changes everything. They tell you delays you'll find about it on TripIt far before you'll find out about it from the airline itself. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. If you're looking for a financial advisor, visit our website at tmfg.ca or call us at 905-771-5200. This episode has been brought to you by the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy.
1: You've been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.